You're listening to Mercy and Crew, Talk Sports Radio Extra 90.5. Jordan Mercy and Matt Latour in studio. It's time. It is time for a segment we like to call Jordan and Matt Rank Stuff. The long-awaited return of Jordan and Matt Ranks. You'd be surprised how many comments I got last week because we didn't have a Friday show, so we didn't end up doing it, and people were saying, well, you should have shifted it to Thursday. Well, and you're off next week. I'm off next week, too. So do I... Maybe you give Bob a chance to get back in the swing of things? No, I can't let him take it back. That's the only thing. It's too high risk. You and Aaron Canton maybe dig into the NBA? Matt and Aaron Rank stuff? I mean, but we do that every Sunday. If you want to hear that, you got to listen. Um... Who did it with you when I was gone? Jeff Westlake. I can get Jeff Westlake in here. I've been talking to him a lot lately ever since uh, I issued that challenge. Get him in here. So Jordan and Matt Rank stuff featuring Jeff Westlake. He was great. He came in with about five pages of notes. Oh, my goodness. This is the most I've ever done because it's, it's like what two lines of a double-sided paper. That's about it. <laughs> so the one thing we're doing on Jordan and Matt Rank stuff here, because of the theme of the time of year, we're looking back at the 2010s, the decade. We've been doing it over the last couple of days, highlighting specific moments. So we figured we'll look into the greatest teams of the last decades. And we should put some caveats in there because already there was a little confusion in the office. This does not mean that we single out the New England Patriots, the Golden State Warriors, and just say they're the greatest teams. What we are doing is specific teams. So if you wanted to mention Golden State, you'd have to say the 2015-2016 Golden State Warriors or the 2018 Boston Red Sox. So it is isolated year by year. Yes. This was a tough one, mainly because I didn't get to do ample research, I will admit. I think my list is pretty respectable for the amount of research I did get in. Um, but it was tough because it's tough to compare the different sports. There's a couple, you know, lockout shortened seasons here and there. How do you factor those in? How do you factor in a team that doesn't win a championship but has a great season? A couple of those. It's a very tough list. Yeah, it was difficult. And, I mean, you mentioned it. Yeah, lockout shortened years. You want kind of equal representation on the list, too, in some ways. National Hockey League, very difficult to find how to put them into this list. Well, because the President's Trophy more or less was a curse for a lot of the 2010s. So it'll be very interesting to see, I think. Jordan and Matt Rankstuff, the top teams of the past decade. Matt, I will give you the honors of going first with number 10. Uh, As per Jordan and Matt Rankstuff tradition, I have to get something really out there for number 10 that makes you want to kick me out of studio almost immediately. So... The 2010 Seattle Storm of the WNBA. <laughs> okay, let's learn a little bit more about that team, which I'm sure none of our listeners know about. Probably, exactly, and that's what I'm here for. I love it. It's educational. In the regular season, they went 28-6, and 7-0 in the playoffs, so they had two best-of-fives, or two best-of-threes and then a best-of-five. 7-0 in the playoffs. At one point, they had lost two games in three and a half months. This is a team, Sue Bird is on that team. They're just dominating absolutely everybody. And you know me, I'm a basketball mark. I've got an NCAA team in my honorable mentions. i got a, more than two or three uh, NBA teams. So this WNBA team, although maybe not the most publicity for a league that big and that well-known and that established, being dominant is tough, and they did it. Can't poke holes in that resume. The only thing I would say is that the season doesn't seem very long, and I'm not sure about the talent discrepancy between the top and bottom. That can be an issue when it comes to women's athletics, but uh, that's a pretty impressive start, I will say. Mine is also in basketball. It is number 10, the 2011-2012 Kentucky Wildcats men's team. So they were my honorable mentions. They were in the honorable mentions? Yes. Uh, They got knocked out for the uh, Seattle Star. I looked down this list. Overall, they went 38-2. and They won the championship over Kansas. 
Uh, it is the most wins ever in a single season by a men's basketball team because they just play more games than they used to, and there's more tournaments involved. And also, they had the top two picks in the draft, right? Yep. You had Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. I despise this team with Calipari. I was cheering against <laughs> them every single step of the way. But anytime you go 38-2 and two and are able to do that, you are going to make my list. And I think how they won March Madness against Kansas. They didn't beat some Cinderella team that made it to the final that couldn't stack up. Established program. It's the Kansas Jayhawks. Like, that's a good team you beat in the final, so I give them a lot of kudos for that. Number nine on our list of the best teams of the decade, Jordan and Matt rank stuff, the 2017 Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, did not make my list. They won 50 games, always a benchmark for a great NHL team, and they became the first team in, what, 20 years to go back-to-back? Yeah. I give that credit. When you can defend your championship, I think in some cases that's even more difficult to do. You have Crosby, you have Malkin, you have... Oh, was you that know, Matt Murray that won that cup? You got Murray involved. Uh, they had a difficult road. They had to go through the President's Trophy winning Washington Capitals to get there. Took yeah, down a very good national Nashville team. What else is new when Pittsburgh wins a cup? They're always beating a President's Trophy Washington team, it seems. Overtime victory in the conference final against the Ottawa Senators and Eric Carlson. I like the Penguins uh, at 50 wins going back-to-back. I'll stay a little obscure. Maybe this one's a little bit biased. Uh, The 2017 Toronto FC. So this was the team. I have them in at number nine. They won the MLS Cup. They won the best record in the MLS that season at 20 wins, five losses, and nine ties. And, you know, anytime you can have more wins than ties in soccer is impressive, but that's the best record in the whole league. Uh, They had 74 goals in 34 games. In soccer, that's a lot of goals. And they won the MLS Cup. They won the Canadian Championship. So they kind of put everything together. And that was the only time I can really remember where people were sitting down to watch a TFC game. I can't argue with that, man. That is a huge accomplishment for that team that program that franchise and they were the best team all year long so yeah they didn't make my list they made an honorable mention slot but okay uh we were thinking somewhat on the same wavelength there number eight jordan and matt rank stuff top teams of the decades is it me now that's you i've got the 2015 2016 cleveland cavaliers so i'd like to come out and say oh if you didn't win a championship you didn't make my list so the Golden State Warriors that went 73-9 and then lost to this Cleveland team did not make my list. That's one of your criteria. You had to absolutely win the championship. Yeah. Okay. They could have gone 82-0 and and then six or 15-4 and in the playoffs. But if they lost in the finals and that was their four losses, they wouldn't have made my list. This Cleveland team, really good regular season. People forget that because they were a huge underdog in the finals. They were 57-25 and in the regular season. They came back from 3-1 down against that 73-9 Warriors team. They really dominated the good Toronto team to get there. They won the NBA championship. LeBron's block. Uh, that's probably the most memorable moment of it all. And the guys LeBron was surrounded by weren't the best players in the world. Kyrie Irving's a great piece, but as we've learned, he can't be a number one option, at least not yet. So I have the 2015-2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. And if you can win something with J.R. Smith on your team, you're doing something really well. He was paying attention to what the score was in that series, Oh, we yeah. think. There wasn't one of those moments like there would be a couple of years later. I have, at number eight, the 2015-2016 Golden State Warriors. (laughs) I know. Look, um, in most cases, I agree with you that a championship is the ultimate capper. You need to wear the fact that you blew a 3-1 series lead in the final, something that I don't believe had ever been done at that point. But when you get 73 wins and only nine losses in the regular season, it's an all-time record. I'm going to find a a place to put you on the list. So I feel that, I mean, they win the championship. They're hands down number one. I still think that 
staggering win total, which will be very difficult ever to break. I don't think it ever will be. I think they're properly slotted here, and they're the one exception to the no championship rule on my list. What about the fact that they got down 3-1 in the West Final that year? Kind of bad, too. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And then I get Difficult playoffs. Kevin Durant blew that 3-1 lead, and then he ended up going to Golden State, but you struggle in the Western Conference Finals against, I think they were a four-seed or a three-seed, or I guess it would have been a three-seed in the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's not a great look. No. Not great at all. So all those things I took into consideration, and that's why they're not higher on my list. Uh, Jordan and Matt Rank stuff here. Let us know what you think. 705-874-9050. Number seven for me is the 2013 Seattle Seahawks. Oh, did not make my list. 13-3, and three, best defense in the NFL, and laid a whooping on the Denver Broncos, <laughs> 43-8 to eight in the Super Bowl. That Denver team set a single-season record with more than 600 points. Peyton Manning, 55 touchdown passes. And Seattle just went in and absolutely destroyed him. They had that big victory over San Francisco in the conference final. The famous Richard Sherman. Don't you ever tr- talk about me, Michael Crabtree. And then he went to San Francisco. And then he went to San Francisco <laughs> later. This is kind of a forgotten team because they didn't jump out at you. But the first Seattle Seahawks great team, they made my list. I have the 2016 Chicago Cubs. I look at look at you. You just lit up like a Christmas tree over there. Little low, in my opinion, but okay. I know, I know. One hundred and three and fifty eight. I don't have to tell you about this Cubs season. They won the World Series for the first time in what was it, one thousand and twenty eight years? It something had been like that. One hundred and eight years. Yeah, yeah. And just some of the video. I think part of what gets it for me is like the videos of these really old fans celebrating because they've literally been waiting a hundred years for this. Uh, and the way they did it, it was a dramatic finals. It was against Cleveland, I believe, right? Yep. Very dramatic finals, very dramatic, you know, final game. So extra innings in game seven with a rain delay in there just yep. to keep everybody on edge. They blew uh five to one and a six three lead in that game. And even before that, they had to rally and win the last two games in Cleveland to win the World Series, and they actually were down three games to one in that series. Yep, and any team, I think, with more than 100 wins in the MLB, and if you win a championship, you're pretty close to making this list. Jordan and Matt rank stuff. Here we go. Uh, Number six. Matt, who do you have in that slot? (sighs) Do we have security at the door? Because I might need it here. The 2015 Oshawa Generals. Now... Just let that marinate with the audience for a I second I think here. the sixth greatest sports team of the 2010s is the 2015 Oshawa Generals. Now, for good reason, I get we're in Peterborough and we hate the Generals. I grew up in Oshawa. Now I live in Peterborough. I hate the Generals too. It's just neat nature. This team went 51-11-2-4 in the regular season. That's a damn good record. Pretty good record. They go on to go 16-5 and in the OHL playoffs, including beating Connor McDavid in his final year in Erie in five games. They shut Connor McDavid down for the most part. And then they go on and win the Memorial Cup, which I think is the toughest trophy in sports to win. Dramatic victory in that Memorial Cup yeah, final. Anthony Sorelli in overtime against, I believe it was the Kelowna Rockets. So, and Sorelli now, you know, he's in the NHL playing for Tampa Bay. So I know it's Oshawa, and I know I'm talking on the radio in Peterborough, but no matter how much you hate this team, you have to respect them and you have to acknowledge just how good they were that season. I give you credit for going outside the box. I did not expect to get a CHL blast on this list. Well, because a lot of times you'll see like a host team win that lost in the second round. This is a team that was good all year, made big moves, stayed good, dominated their own playoffs, and went undefeated in the Memorial Cup. This next one hurts me at number six. The 2012-2013 Miami Heat. Ooh. Got to be on there. 66 wins, a championship. And the dramatic maybe moment of the decade with the Ray Allen shot. 
yep. that ends up extending Game 6 into overtime, and then they take care of business against the Spurs. I hated that team. I was cheering so hard for San Antonio. During Game 6, I actually tweeted out that the old Big 3 is still better than the big Big 3. <laughs> and then I had to go and delete that very quickly. Oh, you deleted it? You're a coward. This one hurt me a lot, uh, but they were a really, really good team, top to bottom. Took down my Pacers in the conference final. Maybe my most hated team of all time, but I give the credit where credit is due, and the Miami Heats. I still blame Greg Popovich. For some reason, takes out Tim Duncan, gives up a bunch of offensive rebounds, leading to that Ray Allen shot. We could do almost three hours on the entire <laughs> last five minutes of that game. I'll get into this game a little later. Or How it was series. mismanaged. I've got them a little higher on my list. So 2013 we'll Miami Heat. Uh, Jordan and Matt Rank stuff. Best teams of the decade. 705-874-9050. In at number five on my list. The 2016 Chicago Cubs. So just a little bit higher than you. Okay. I know you were expecting me maybe to go total fandom and have them at number one and number two. I mean, I thought you were going to have Dominic Hasek at number one somehow. They would have been close, but I had a different baseball team that crept up that maybe knocked them off their perch a little bit. I think added to that was just the dramatic part, as you mentioned, you know, being able to break a curse of 108 years, something that had never happened in professional sports, something of that length. So there were pressure on that team all season long and individual pieces, Chris Brown. Bryant, you know, he wins the MVP. You've got Lester and Arietta and Hendricks pitching really well at the top of the rotation. The 2016 Chicago Cubs, 103 wins. You don't see teams like that win the World Series too often, so I give them credit. At number five, I've got the 2012-2013, I guess kind of just 2013 Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, this is a weird one because it's a half season. This is that lockout 48 shortened. games, yeah. yep. But in 38 games, they won 30 or 48 games, they won 36 of them. That's that's a crazy good winning percentage. Pretty kind of good. A, this is the peak of Chicago's dominance, I think, in the NHL. You know, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, they're both prime players. I believe they still had a pretty good Patrick Sharp then as well. Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Corey Crawford. All around this team, there was no holes at all. Just ran through the playoffs at 17-6. and six. They beat a really good Boston team in the finals, and they beat the defending cup champion, LA Kings, as well. That's never easy to beat the former champion. And then I, I know the only reason I don't have it maybe higher is because it was a half season and a lot of things can happen over an 82-game season. They took care of business, there's no doubt about it. And in that Stanley Cup final, I believe they were down two games to one and then reeled off three straight wins against, as you mentioned, you don't need to tell Leaf fans that 2013 Boston team was pretty good well, because that, there was one of those memories early on. Do I remember like a triple overtime game in game one of that series? Like that was, it was a crazy long game and I had an exam the next morning and I was late for it. I'm a little foggy on the game by game results of that series because Chicago took out the Red Wings in the second round oh, and rallied back from a three games to one deficit. <laughs> so that one hurt me a little bit. So I kind of went off hockey for a while. But yeah, no, they were an honorable mention just because of the strikeout portion of it. But they were a very, very good team. Jordan and Matt Rank stuff, the top teams of the decade, 705-874-9050. Do you want my number one hipster pick right here at number four? Uh, yeah, I may as well. 2014 Team Canada Men's Olympic Hockey Team. Oh. The 2014 Team Canada Men's Olympic Hockey Team. I mean, how many goals did Carey Price let in? Like Three. Yeah, that was they crazy. They allowed three goals in the entire tournament. They won all six of their games. They allowed only That's three good. goals. You really have Drew Doughty at the peak of his powers. Yep. You've got Sidney Crosby, the best player in the world. That's Carey Price's best stretch, I You've think. You've got Carey Price, the best goaltender in the world, no doubt about it. And you have shutouts in the semifinals against the U.S. You shut out and thoroughly outplay Sweden. I think that was because when they won in 02 and when they won in 2010, those versions of Team Canada 
faced a lot of adversity early on with losses and inconsistent play and bad officiating and all that stuff. This was just dominant. We're going to show up. We're the best team, and we're going to win every game. And that's what they did. The closest they came to losing was they beat Finland 2-1 to one in overtime in the preliminaries. Do you think that team just walks all over the 2010 team? Because I was close to having that 2010 team in. I think maybe because I like the flair for the dramatic beating the U.S. after losing in round robin. But I think that's a good matchup. This is top to bottom, I think, maybe... And we don't, and because handled their business, it's not remembered the same way, right? And they didn't have the same pressure on them, maybe. So there's never going to be more pressure than playing in Vancouver in 2010. No, not at all. But before that, in Salt Lake, Canada hadn't won a gold medal in 50 years. So there was that. Plus, we were embarrassed about what happened in Nagano. And that team tended to have these old vets who you loved. They had Lemieux, they had Iserman, they had Neuendijk. They just had these. This Bo, core, Bo Meester, on Bo Meester was yeah. on that team, and you know Pronger and McKinnis. You just had these older guys who you're in love with over your career. Somehow Niedermeyer plays for both of those teams. Is that the best Team Canada to ever be assembled, or is it the 72 team? It's the most dominant version of Team Canada that we've ever seen. I don't know player for player if you go back there and you do the Hall of Fame rankings and stuff, but Mm -hmm. the fact that they showed up at a best-on-best tournament, played six games, and allowed three goals, and didn't lose. Pretty impressive stuff. I mean, I didn't even think to look at Olympics, or World Juniors for that matter. I wanted to catch you off guard with that one. That was good. So that was your number what? Four. Four. All right, my number four, I've got the 2016 New England Patriots. Um, I mean, it's New England. They're 14-2 in the regular season. The greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, which led to, you know, what would have been my future girlfriend, Eugenie Bouchard, going on a date with some scrub from the States. Yep. Uh, well, it's a 14-2. Tom Brady, during the game, had a commercial about having an extra Super Bowl ring because he knew he was going to win it. That's how good he is. He had a commercial saying, I've got another ring. It's just, oh, it's, he's so cocky. They're so easy to hate. But 14-2, you come back from 28-3. to all in the second half, too. It's just so dominant. I think the comeback, if without that comeback, I think they're a little lower on this list, but that definitely adds to it. Sometimes I go back and YouTube the highlights from that game and still can't believe that it actually took place. It's just Tom Brady marching down the field. I said before overtime, first Super Bowl ever to go to overtime, by the way, I said Atlanta might as well try an onside kick this because it doesn't matter where the ball goes. They're going to just go down and score. <laughs> and that's exactly what they ended up doing. I mean, the greatest comeback, also the greatest choke with some of the bad in-game decisions by the Atlanta Falcons, but you got to be able to take advantage of it. Uh, Jordan and Matt rank stuff, the top teams of the decade. I'll go seamlessly to my number three team, which is the 2016 New England Patriots. So as you mentioned, 14-2, and they rally. Tom Brady's still playing really well. Got the Gronker in there. Just a good team. LeGarrette Blunt. Not quite prime Gronk, but like shortly after. Yeah. Like this, I feel like he kind of, his body started to quit on him after this Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, this just, it, it's that whole season collectively. It's not the peak of Brady Belichick, but it shows why they're Brady and Belichick. I think they're also the only 14 win team to win the Super Bowl in that decade. I saw a few 13s with and, the Seahawks and the Eagles. And 9 and 7 with and the Giants. And 9 and 7 with the New York Giants. That's oh, exactly man. right. Uh, here we go, Matt. Hit me with number three. I've got, you've already mentioned them, the 2012 2013 Miami Heat. This is, I think, the best team LeBron James has ever played on. 27 game winning streak. That's true too, yeah. Like and when you look at all the teams LeBron's played on, he's built these teams around him. That Miami team, you know, not one, not two, not three, well it was only two. Um but this was I think one of the most impressive basketball seasons I have ever seen. Top to bottom cuz almost the whole season there was never really a doubt when it came with the Miami Heat. You knew what was going to happen. And I think, was this their first one or their second one? This was second. They had beaten Oklahoma City the year before. Yeah, and they beat San Antonio this year. And then San Antonio got them the next year. Yeah. So 
I mean, it was just from start to finish that season. And I know that there was a series with Boston and a series with Indiana, but you just had a feeling Miami was going to do it. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of confidence going into Game 7 against the uh, Miami Heat. Well, I've made an argument that that Paul George might have been the only player that could have stopped LeBron in the Eastern Conference. Like that pre-injury Paul George, he was so good. He was kind of poor man's LeBron, but he gave him fits. Yep. He did, that's for sure. Uh, Matt Latour, Jordan Mercier here, 705-874-9050. Matt, hit me with number two. The 2018 Boston Red Sox. We're in agreement on this. I think the less the rest of our list probably matches up. Yeah, the, the top two probably do. Uh, so, you know, they won the World Series, 11-3 and three in the playoffs. That's all nice and good, but 108-54 and 54 in the regular season. And I talked about that Miami team. You always kind of knew it was going to be them. Was there ever a doubt with this Red Sox team? No, not really. Like, from the very get-go, they were like, it seemed like we were two weeks into the year and they were 10 games ahead of second place in the AL East. And uh-huh. they did it in the AL East. Well, listen, 108 wins for a World Series champion. I think that was the most since the 98 Yankees who won 114 games. Teams that win those kind of games, first of all, it doesn't happen very often at mm-hmm. all. But when it does, you routinely see upsets. And we can point to the 01 Seattle Mariners as maybe the prime example of that. This Boston team took care of business. I'm more impressed, though, with the 11-3 and in the playoffs, knowing they had to beat the Yankees. They had to beat the defending champion Astros, and then they had to go and play the L.A. Dodgers, who have Kershaw and you know the gang, who are going to be pitching well for them. And they got David Price a ring. Like, it seemed impossible. <laughs> that guy couldn't do anything in the playoffs with anyone. I, too, have the uh, Boston Red Sox 2018 as the second-best team of the decade. Number one. Do I have to? I'll say it if you okay. want me to. All right. The 2019 Cleveland Steamers. <laughs> no, that's not it. I would love to make a case for my Steamers <laughs> championship team. Uh, it's got to be, I think, the 2016-2017 Golden State Warriors. Yeah. You get Kevin Durant. No and, doubt. So a worse regular season record than the year before. But, I mean, 67 wins. More of a focus on just being the biggest badasses in the NBA. They get Kevin Durant. Nobody likes these guys. Everybody on the other 29 teams hates Kevin Durant. They go 67-15, and 16-1 and one in the playoffs. That's impo- I think that's so hard to do. I thought they were going to sweep the playoffs, and I think it was who beat them in a game. Cleveland was it? Cleveland? I thought they yep. swept. Them. Oh, they swept them the last time they won the championship. But uh, yeah, it's just sixteen and one. It's silly. Yeah, that's ridiculous, and that's the part that really kind of puts this season over the top. And you want to talk about never being in doubt? I don't think it was in doubt at all uh, that Golden State was going to be able to. Uh, Pull yeah. off that victory. Everyone thought it was a given when they were 73-9, and then it didn't happen, and they went out and got the best scorer in the NBA. And I think it was sometime in July, everyone said, all right, NBA season's done for the year. <laughs> I, too, have the 2016-2017 Golden State Warriors as the number one spot on the teams of the decade. Jordan and Matt Rankstuff, 705-874-9050. Honorable mentions... They didn't win a championship. They were embarrassed in the first round of the playoffs. The 62-win Tampa Bay Lightning from a year ago. Got to at least mention them because it was impressive. Uh, The Washington Capitals had a couple of different teams that won 55, 56 games and then ended up losing. Their Stanley Cup championship team actually had only won 49 games. Really? So kind of pedestrian-ish for a Stanley Cup champion, so that's why they didn't make my list. Uh, The Clemson Tigers last year. Oh, yeah. Destroyed Notre Dame in the semifinals 30-3 to and then beat Alabama 44-16. The reason why I didn't go with NCAA men's football on this is they play 13 games a year and eight or nine of them are against absolute tomato cans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like that's not consistent enough for me. 
I had the Kentucky Wildcats of 2012, which you mentioned already. The 73-9 Warriors, you don't win a championship, I don't care. And kind of a weird one, last year's Ottawa 67s, because that was the team number one in the CHL start to finish. Then they lost in the OHL finals to a Guelph Storm team that came back from 3-0 down, came back from, I think, 2-0 down against Ottawa. So I I always appreciate a good junior hockey team. I get that the parity is not always there in the regular season, but in the playoffs, it's tough to get it done. Want to give a shout-out to some giant killers, if you will, teams that... You know, maybe didn't have that outstanding success, but racked up titles. So any one of the San Francisco Giant teams over the decade, they win three World Series. Never a great regular season team, but then Madison Bumgarner pitching in the playoffs was always a thing to see. Literally any minute you wanted them to. Like, he just, hey, it's uh, we got one out left in the eighth. You want to come in? Sure. Like, that's it. Maybe the eight-seed LA Kings that won a Stanley Cup. 2012, they ran through the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they Which were is kind of strange. Too. I think we the Vegas just, Golden Knights. The Vegas season? Gold. I wanted to put them on there just because of your inaugural season going all the way to the final. I thought that that was pretty good. But where did we make mistakes? Let us know. 705-874-9050. Matt Latour, have yourself a spectacular weekend, my friend. And Thank we you. will uh, we'll talk again soon. Best of luck on the show next week too. You're filling in for me. I am. I am. Oh, until Reg, I say hi. I might yes. call, I might call in and just tell him where I'm from. Yeah, coming up, we will chat a little bit more with Rapid Robert Plus. As Matt mentioned, Reg in studio, 4 o'clock for the Extra 90.5 United Way Armchair Quarterback Fundraiser. We'll get there and more when Mercy and Crew continues. Talk Sports Radio, Extra 90.5.